Hey there, John here for yet another edition of the Social Media Podcast. Today I've got surfer dude and social media marketing extraordinaire Blake Jameson on the show. Friend of the show, he's been on before, he's blogged for me as well. Awesome guy and some really good tips. Uh, we're going to dig into FBX, newsfeed ads. He has some awesome uh, information about mobile install ads. This is something I'm not real familiar with. He gave some tips on how to just dominate in that space. And he's going to talk about his, this really cool side project that you need to help fund. I helped I helped him today. I just uh, finally donated to it. Uh, so stay tuned for all that. Uh, now, now this episode is sponsored by Tabsite.com. All right, so really cool tool. Friends of the show as well, Mike Gingrich. If you don't know him, really good guy. So, what's Tabsite? Awesome tool for Facebook pages uh, to make it really easy to create Facebook contests and deals. Speaking of deals, I've got a special for you once again this week, only for my listeners. If you go to Tabsite.com/podcast. Use promo code podcast, and man, you'll get 33% off the cost for the monthly or yearly plan for the entire first year. So awesome, awesome deal just for you. All right, just pass me a bottle. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. John from JohnLumber.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week I welcome a different friend to the virtual bar and we get drunk on social media. Blake Jameson, my friend, second time, I think second time, right? Or is it third time? Second time on the on this one. Second time on the show. What are you drinking? Oh man, I got a Stella today. Oh. Keeping okay. it classy. You are keeping it classy. Didn't, weren't you down in like... Uh, some Old Mill Red or something last time. What were you drinking? Man, I was drinking Budweiser last time. <laughs> whatever's in the fridge. Nice. I've got some Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale. It's an old favorite. We're, we're, we're a little bit too classy nice. today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on, on the wet, it's it's pretty early for me, to be honest. Yeah. Today, yeah. So I'll have to keep it, uh, uh, keep it under control. I hear I'm you. excited. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. I'm excited as well. Cheers. We have, and I love having you on because, first of all, you're always committed to the concept. Uh, I know it's something that's difficult to buy into. You got to drink a beer while we talk about social media, but you're you're all my two always. favorite things. Exactly. There's there's a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff to talk about. So um, I, I know one of the topics or a couple of topics I've been writing about lately. You are either experimenting with or passionate about. So I think that's a really good jumping off point. So. First item on my list is FBX. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this this is something uh, for anyone who doesn't know. FBX is Facebook Exchange. So essentially, you put a, a little snippet of code on your site uh, between the head tags, and it's essentially a cookie. So when someone visits visits your site or a specific uh, page on your site. And then goes to Facebook. You can serve them a very relevant Facebook ad. Uh, and up until recently, or at least as far as I know, I don't know how long this has been available to the small to medium biz. But this has mainly been 
big business, big budgets, because only certain tools were approved by Facebook for FBX. You can't do it through PowerEdit or anything like that. Um, but there's a couple tools, Perfect Audience and uh, AdRoll, that first of all, uh, either have minimal budgets or, or minimal minimum budgets or no minimum budget. And uh, they also both have this free trial. So if you're interested in that free trial, make sure you check out the show notes. And I just took up a whole bunch of time talking about that. So you, you've been using FBX, right? So uh, one of my clients, an e-commerce client, uh, Pool Supply World, uh, one that I talk about the most, uh, they use uh, AdRoll. However, I have nothing to do with it. So because I visit the site, you know, and I'm checking different stuff out on their e-commerce platform, I still I get served the ad, so I get to see it from a consumer side. Um, so that's my little bit of experience with AdRoll. But after reading your article about perfect audience, um, and also kind of combined with me launching a new uh, website and kind of mm. side pro- side project business, I said uh, this is a perfect opportunity to try it. So. I just signed up for Perfect Audience today, of course, uh, by by your link, and uh, got a, a sixty dollar credit, which is sweet. Was it was so, it just sixty? Because um, I, I thought it was supposed to be sixty, and then they they mentioned something in the referral page that was supposed to be seventy. Huh? I don't know. When I signed up, it said sixty. I'm still waiting on a confirmation email. Basically, they said they need to link yeah. my account to Facebook or whatever. So yep. I'll probably start firing those ads today, and then. Uh, you know, be able to report back with, with my findings, but I'm excited about it. I think it's cool. I mean, like you said, it's very relevant ads and targeting. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I like, I, I, so I'm basically, I'm experimenting with, not that the, there should be any difference. I don't think there will be, but, um, I'm experimenting with both a, a perfect audience and ad roll pretty much doing the exact same campaigns for both of them. And if there's a difference, I guess I'll find out. And one thing I'll probably find out is if the costs are different because uh, it's not real clear what the fees are because they're kind of baked in right. uh, into the cost of, of the ad serving. And, uh, I mean, AdRoll claims that they have some of the lowest prices, but uh, it, they seem to be a little bit more upfront about what they did. Something like 30 to 35% or something like that is uh, the fee. I don't know. But uh, and- if everything is – these ads are as efficient as we have been hearing, like I'm hearing 16 times ROI – 70% lower CPC as a result um, than any, if you're talking about minimal fees, it should be worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, now for me, I'm a little, like I feel ill-equipped to do this in a way because like for my, for my site, I'm, I have not dedicated enough time to creating some great product landing pages and I really don't have that many products right now and I'm in the process of building one if I don't have it. So I, I don't really know what kind of results I'm going to see. But can you give us any insight on what, what you're looking to plan? Well, I'm basically uh, – so the new business that I'm, that I'm really testing this on myself is actually a, a crowdfunding campaign that I launched uh, about a week ago. And it's, uh, it's a surf-related business. And I've you know, spent some ad money on Facebook driving uh, traffic to my website and then also to the campaign itself, which is on Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. And so my hope is that I'm going to be serving these, you know, retargeted ads to people that have visited my website, but uh, haven't contributed to the campaign. So I have a ta- like, there's a tangible thing and goal that I want to uh, sell. I mean, really, it's donation. But um, so I'll have that way of tracking it. 
because Indiegogo is actually the one that manages those donations, I can't put a snippet of code on their site. So I'm not exactly going to know the specific like user conversions of this person saw this retargeted ad and then went and donated. But mm -hmm. I'm hoping that across the board, as I look at, you know, basically not sending paid traffic to the website yeah. versus sending paid traffic, I'd like to see a lift across the board. So, you know, I'm excited and I should have results, you know, hopefully by end of day today or tomorrow. Um, and uh, it's exciting. But, you know, for back to the pool company doing the ad roll stuff where I get to see the ads, um, I know that we can measure like direct ROI. I think that just kind of because of the nature of that business and the way that those ads are kind of uh, automated to be reserved to me. I don't think that they're necessarily set up to convert extremely well because at the end of the day, we sell pool products and they're yeah. just not that. It's not that fun to look at the the products. So you know, my success on social media has been around the lifestyle of owning a pool, not the specific products we sell. So you know, I know the ad roll makes us some money. I I don't think it's huge. I don't think that you know we have sixteen times the ROI or, or anything like that. But you know, also it's just kind of a, a different business and, you know, it might not be the perfect fit for those guys, but if it's working, it's, it's working. Yeah. I mean, for me, God, this is just another in a long line of some really powerful Facebook ad targeting tools that have been coming out rapidly over the last six months to a year. And I think I really started with uh, custom audiences once those came out. Like all yep. the crazy stuff that came out. Um, yep. So I, I uh, every every week I do a video blog and it's that whole ask me everything and I put up this post and a bunch of people ask me questions. I got to read you this question that the guy asked me because this is relevant here. Sure. He says, why would you decide to use Facebook for marketing when there are much better targeted avenues with people who are actually searching for your product or service instead of playing Farmville and looking at pictures of cats and dogs? Right. So fair enough. Well, fair. And, and as an ex Zynga employee, I, I can appreciate the farm bill <laughs> reference. Exactly. Fair enough. However, I think while this is kind of a, the overwhelming sentiment, most of these people do not understand just how powerful Facebook ads are getting. And especially when you talk about FBX, look, if, right. if you were on my landing page thinking about buying something and then you did not, you have already shown uh, buying intent. Sure. And so if you're on Facebook, whether you're looking at cats and dogs or whatever, and you serve my ad, I think there's a pretty good chance that's going to be successful. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, this is not Google where you're searching for something specific that you want to buy now. But to act like this isn't that there isn't a potential here and that brands aren't having a huge amount of success not just with getting new likes, but actually selling things, you're missing right. the boat. Right. So I'll comment on that too. So I I have done a little bit of AdWords stuff. Uh, not not a ton. I definitely don't claim to be an AdWords master. I know that it can be extremely effective. And obviously when pe people are searching for a product, you know that's a great situation to sell them that product. In my limited experience, the cost per click on Google was significantly like five times higher than the clicks I would be paying for on Facebook. Mm. And the conversion rates of, you know, clicks to sales was relatively consistent. So, and that kind of, like you said, kind of comes down to having a good landing page and, you know, really, and obviously like you want somebody that's, you know, buying, you know, showing buying signals. But, you know, if you have a solid landing page, I think it doesn't really matter 
you know, where your traffic comes from. If they click on a creative and they click on an ad, then it's up to your, you know, your site or your product's conversion to, to make that sale. So I also think in terms of Facebook ads, like, yes, people are playing Farmville and, and whatnot, but Facebook just has so much data on people. Like it's completely ridiculous. And I know that Google has obviously tons of data as well, but, um, you know, just the way that you can kind of blend audiences and say, you know, I want people that live here and like this, that are a fan of this page. I mean, that's so incredibly powerful. And if somebody shows all of those characteristics, I really don't care if they're playing Farmville because hmm. maybe my demographic spends some time on Facebook playing Farmville. That, that's just, you know, what, at least back when I was working at Zingo, what millions and millions and millions of people were doing. Yeah. And just because they were playing Farmville doesn't mean they weren't buying stuff. They were still consumers and they were still customers for the products and services that they wanted, you know, that they chose to buy. So, right. I don't know. Yeah, and, and really it's, it's, all, it's understanding the sales funnel too. And most, most of these people who talk about Facebook being a failure for, for marketing or driving, driving business don't understand the role of, uh, uh, you know, certain, certain spots in that, that funnel. Like for the most part, I'm saying most part, I'm qualifying this. You're not going to create ads uh, who who aren't fans saying, "Hey, go buy this." <clears throat> um, the the exception to that now is when you talk about FBX because they're already in that sales funnel because they're they're on your landing page. They've shown interest, so they're in that funnel, and you just need to push them a little bit farther. So FBX, uh, whether or not they're a fan or not, getting that ad is powerful. And then custom audiences, they may not be a fan, but you know that they're on your email list, which actually may be more powerful than being a fan anyway, and, and selling them product could be successful. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, yeah, I, I love to use, I love to use, I know that, you know, we've kind of talked about this before, but likes is, is kind of a meaningless metric, Yeah. but I still like to have page likes yeah. for my customers. I like to have that long-term possibi possibility to sell them something. Absolutely. So I absolutely love to use custom audiences and email lists to get people that are already subscribed to my newsletter and serve them page like ads. Mm -hmm. Because if I can get a potential customer connected on every single possible channel so that they're getting my emails once a month, they see my Facebook updates, you know, they follow me on Twitter, then, you know, you really get that like over and over branding of, you know, name recognition. And I think that when they do decide to make a purchase, you have a much better shot if you can, if you can connect with your customers and fans, like, all across the board on email and then leverage your email to get on Facebook and, you know, remind them on Facebook to follow you on Twitter. Um, I love cross promoting channels oh, yeah. like that. You, you bet. I mean, look, you, you send out an email campaign, 20 to 30% open it. How many are going to click? I mean, a lot of people, I, I delete a lot of my marketing emails I receive. So I, I may, I may get that email from you. I may not read it. Even if I do, maybe I don't act. And then I'm on Facebook. I'm also your Facebook fan. You mentioned it again. Then maybe I maybe I act then maybe I don't maybe I act when I then see it again on Twitter you know it's it's a matter of you're you're right I mean cross promoting I think is is really important and those likes in and of themselves mean nothing but if you have quality people who really do care about your content whether or not they're always buying from you I like I see Facebook is um, again part of that sales funnel but it's also really important for me in terms of traffic so it's not just those people who are reading my content. But they're sharing it and interacting, so their friends see it, and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. having that long-term relationship is important. Definitely. A super quick note that that honestly could be a whole nother podcast. But yeah. 
you know, if you are really, if your brand is chasing, you know, this, uh, all of these different networks and trying to reach your fans on Facebook and on email and on whatnot, uh, I think that a lot of brands use uh, last touch attribution as far as giving sales credit. So, mm. like, if somebody's on my email list and then I use that custom audience to get a page like and then I send them a coupon on, on Facebook and they use my Facebook coupon, a lot of businesses give Facebook the credit for that sale. And I'm all for, you know, sure it made the sale, but uh, something to think for businesses, and this is definitely a little bit more uh, techie and, like I said, probably a different talk, but if you can get a nice multi-touch attribution system and know, okay, well, this person bought from Facebook, but they also have been an email subscriber for the past year, you got to give that email channel some credit as far as the ROI just so that you actually know, you know what channels are actually working for your brand. Really good points. Really good points. Cheers. All right, so shifting gears a little bit here. Um, so FBX, and actually one of the things that was announced very recently, I think it was Monday-ish, was that uh, FBX will now also be in news feeds. Now, the way I interpret that, and I... I still haven't gotten 100% verification. I've I've heard uh, both sides on whether this, whether or not this is true. Um, it sounds like this includes non-fans in the news feed um, for for serving these FBX ads, and uh, the way that would be done is creating a, a dark post, which is something I wrote about recently. So a post that's not actually published to your your page um, that is then served to uh, people as an FBX ad, so if someone who visited your site or specific landing page, and then they see it in their their newsfeed. Um, number one, do you know if this includes non-fans? Well, if it's FBX, I would imagine that it has to. I mean, you're going off of site visitors. That, that you know, that's my over assumption. Else. It's, that's my assumption. It's just for for the most part, you know, newsfeed, unless it's friend of fan. Because because like honestly, if I'm serving ads for this uh, surf website kind of thing that I'm doing. Right. Uh, they never asked me for my Facebook page. Mm -hmm. They don't know who they don't know who my fans are. I, I don't even necessarily I wouldn't that, need that's a good point. I don't even I don't point. even need to have a page at all. That's I could still point. do retargeting. Yeah. No, right? I think that pretty much answers the question right there because you're right. As I've been setting up these FBX ads, I have I've not indicated what my Facebook page is. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, I, I'm interested so, to see what kind of response but I, I think again that the importance there is relevance. Right. And and because it's FBX, I think it's relevant. And so comparing yeah. that to like the article you wrote a couple days yes. ago about that guy in Denver with this get rich quick scheme, make half a million dollars, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, that's different. If if you knew if you had been to that guy's website in the past, you know, forty eight hours or, or month or whatever it is, and you know, spent a little bit of time checking out his site, whatever that is, yeah, then that ad probably wouldn't have pissed you off. Oh, you would have understood, like, oh, well, okay, it's this guy again. Yeah, yeah. But, you, yeah, you, you, know, knew, you knew exactly how I was transitioning transitioning this thing, didn't you? That was my <laughs> So, yeah, so, so there's this guy. I wrote this post called The Problem with Facebook Newsfeed Ads, This Guy. So it's it's this guy who I saw him in my newsfeed again today, who I've never heard of, who I'm, I'm assuming I have a friend who is a fan of his page, and he's just got this kind of cheesy photo of him with his girlfriend or wife or whoever sprawled out in some, I'm sure, high-rise, you know, upscale hotel or something. It's a really nice uh, scenery behind and everything, trying to show how rich he is. And talking about how he, this long post, which I only read the first paragraph, of, which is visible, 
about how he came from nothing to make a half a million dollars last year and he's coming to Denver to talk about how you could do it too, blah, blah, blah. And I find that type of, uh, and it's an ad. So I find that type of ad in my news feed to be extremely annoying because, so yes, I don't, I don't like his page. Um, I don't know who the hell he is. So if it's going to be in my news feed, which first of all, I'm not a big fan, and, and I know that you disagree with this, but I'm not a big fan, I say fan, of, of targeting non-fans in the news feed uh, with that type of post. I mean, like the, the sponsored stories, that's cool. But um, if you do, I feel like there's got to be a much better introduction than, hey, dude, be rich like me. Do what I did. I made all his money. And you're like, that, what kind of introduction is that? Right. Um, so it's got to be relevant or you've got to be, you've got to think about, you know, what your first impressions are and understanding what what you're doing, understanding that people are meeting you for the first time. So right. what, what's that impression you want to make? And I, like I said, and there was actually someone who commented on my blog completely defending this guy and like, I'm missing the boat and how awesome this guy is. And I'm like, Dude, he might be. That's not my responsibility to to have the right first impression. I even said this in my post. He might be a great guy. He might have an awesome story. I don't know. But to be in my newsfeed and and with the impression that he gave me with that post was terrible. Like I I hate this guy cuz I see him on my newsfeed every day. I'm tired of seeing him there. So so it's all about Providing value and understanding that you're invading someone's newsfeed who doesn't know who you are and crafting your uh, content and your message appropriately. Yeah. So I, I can I can speak to that on a couple points. Uh, number one, I, I doubt that any of your friends actually like his page. Even right. if he, I mean, I don't even know if he has a page, whatever. I think that he's targeting you based on your, you know, maybe you like Tim Ferriss on Facebook. Yeah. I do. So... He can obviously he, he can target based on anything you know based on any interests that that Facebook collects, so I think that's how he's getting to you now. As far as you know, the introduction and offering content, I, I think that's huge because I do disagree with you there. I love newsfeed ad like sponsored ads, dark posts mm -hmm. to non fans, whether that's to drive traffic or to offer a coupon or to get page likes. You know, there's all kinds of different uh, goals that I have for them, but I absolutely love them, but I think that really the key thing is that you have to take the same approach as you do when you're doing community management for a company. And, you know, with any of my companies that I manage, I tell them, look, I'm not going to promote your product on Facebook. If I do, it's going to be really, really rare. Everything that I talk about or that I post on Facebook is going to be very shareable content that's all about the lifestyle that your product kind of provides. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the pool, going back to the, the, the typical pool supply company. Yeah. It's not showing pool pumps and chlorine. It's or talking about our prices. It's talking about you know the most glamorous, awesome pools from all over the world, and showing pictures of them, and just kind of trying to remind you know our fans like what a pool can be and kind of what feeling it can give you. Granted, their their backyard probably isn't the utopia that they see on our Facebook, <laughs> but. It's still it's very very shareable content and people want to share it to their friends or tag their friends or comment. And so I think that when you're doing those new because you know all of the content on Facebook even though it's on my timeline for that client like really it's only consumed in the news feed. 
people don't click on Pool Supply World's Facebook page to see what we've been up to. Mm. It just doesn't happen okay. with any of the pages. So if it's consumed in the news feed, you know, my goal is to get it shareable and to get it to spread so that they tell their friends and I get more page likes. So when I'm doing a sponsored, you know, news feed ad to somebody that's a non-fan, I treat the content exactly the same. It's got to be lifestyle based and it's got to be, you know, very shareable content. I like bright imagery. You know, I always go with the the big bright pictures and it just, it can't be pushy and it can't be salesy. And that guy definitely, I, like you said, he might be a great guy, but he comes off to me as a scumbag. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, it, it, it totally rubs me the wrong way. So when I see posts like that, I am very, very quick to click the little down arrow in the top right and say, hide all posts from this person. Yeah. Because I just don't want to, like, that's, a, that's prime real estate. And I like to use my news feed for the purposes of, you know, catching up with my friends or the brands that I do like and follow. Like, I don't want to see this guy's Ponzi scheme. Exactly. So I'll just click hide posts and I'll never see it again. And I do that a couple times a day because I do see those ads a lot because I have a lot of likes and interests and stuff on Facebook. I'm in a lot of targeting groups, mm -hmm. as I'm sure you are too. So, I mean, it's not going to fix the problem of like kind of marketers ruining it for the rest of us, but for your personal uh, agitation, yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll, it'll help. Just, yeah, no, it, I've it. actually avoided doing that at this point just because I've been curious, right? First of all, how often am I going to see this freaking ad? Second of all, what kind of comments is it going to get? I found it really strange. When I wrote that blog post uh, and I looked at, looked at the comments that there were no negative comments. So I was under the impression that more than likely he was deleting them. And I, I saw it today. And there were there were now negative comments, so um, I find that to be kind of sleazy, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but really, really, it's to me, it's understanding again, not to be, be a dead horse on this one, but understand the sales funnel. So if if you don't, oh, nice one, nice work over there. Yeah, man. So if, if I don't know you, uh, you want to establish some sort of connection with me, and that could be getting me to like your page. Getting me to uh, interact with your content, uh, getting me to click on your link to view what your your website, your content, your your the value you're looking to offer is all about. It's not uh, buy this, you know. And I have no idea who you are, and you're already selling me something, right? And that's just a misunderstanding of how it all works. And uh, so, but but the problem is, like you said, I I, I think this kind of guy is ruining it. For for the rest of us who who are being much more careful about the how about how we're using the newsfeed, uh, because it I have noticed my newsfeed getting more and more spammy uh, with crap I don't care about. Now that said, I have been very happy about some of these things I don't like. Some of these pages I don't like showing up in my newsfeed. I say happy, very I embrace it, I accept it. Um, be, when it's something that's relevant, I'm like yeah, that's interesting. Um, and this is, this includes ads as well as I'm sure you've noticed, uh, when you have a post that says a certain page, uh, mentioned a page that you like, and that's not mm -hmm. even that. Have you seen that? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. So this is something that's been happening, I don't know, over the last month or so. And I've especially noticed it for me talking about the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm so it's saying person. it's saying a friend mentioned the Milwaukee no, no, Brewers, no, 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 or a page. Another page I do not like mentioned the Milwaukee Brewers, and then so they show the entire post in my newsfeed. Huh. 
And I've found those to be very valuable because they're often stories that I do care about. It just happens to be about be the, the source just happens to be another page. So uh, if you haven't been doing this, you may want to consider if there, if you if you share content from others, uh, especially sources with a lot of fans, make yeah, sure tag, make, tag make sure you tag pages. them. Yeah, so one of them I've been focusing on more these days is all Facebook, and I have no idea if I'm if that's happening and I'm getting traffic from those, but I'm gonna start paying attention to my uh, engagement and, results. And so, a question on that is yeah. that spon- Does it say sponsor no. at the bottom? No, these are not sponsored. Nice, yeah, nice. That's awesome. So it's natural. So anyway, like my point is, I, I do think the newsfeed, uh, uh, in terms of some of the stuff coming through, whether it's sponsored or not, that's coming from pages I do not like has been very relevant in a lot of cases, but it's these people like this one dude who's ruining it for the rest of us. And I hope we can do something about that. Cheers. You wanted to talk about, uh, cause I, I know there's something you've been doing that I have not, uh, been experimenting with yet. And I'd love to hear what you're seeing. That's mobile install ads. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I mean, so I'm sure that you've probably seen on your phone, uh, you know, as you're scrolling through, you'll see the big, basically mobile newsfeed ad, and it's got a, you know, big picture, and it says install now, and it's telling you about some latest and greatest app. Uh, again, these are these are ads targeted not at fans, or I mean, I guess they could target fans, but in general, they're targeted based on interest groups or location or demographic. And rather than the call to action being like this page, it's install the app. And when you click the install button or actually anywhere in the entire ad, and the ad actually takes up an entire iPhone screen. As you're scrolling through your mobile phone, it will take up the whole screen. You'll have text above, a big picture, and then an install now button. You could click anywhere on that ad on your whole iPhone, and it's going to take you straight to the iTunes, you know, Apple iTunes store, and you can click install. Hmm. So... Uh, it just, um, you know, obviously the app market is ginormous, and I think that people that are creating apps tend to understand that they need to be a little bit forward-thinking in terms of social media. So it tends to go hand in hand that a that a app startup or an app company in general wants to have a solid social presence. So me being a social media consultant and community manager, uh, I get a lot of apps basically, and they say this is our app and we want social media. And, you know, you know, I talk to these clients and say, well, what, what are your goals? And ultimately, it's always the same. They want installs. Right. And so I suggest to them, say, well, I think personally in my experience, the best way to get installs is to run some install ads and see what it costs for you to acquire a user right. or, or a download, which then has a conversion metric to an actual sign-up, which has a conversion metric to an yeah. actual user. You know how that goes. Yeah. That's, that's the funnel. So... Basically, you know, I, I did some research on like Quora and just kind of Google and figuring out like, well, what are people paying for installs? And, you know, there are companies like Tapjoy that's an ad network where get back to Farmville. So somebody's playing Farmville. It's got all these digital, you know, this digital kind of fake currency. It's co- well, to say coins. So what Tapjoy does is it serves an ad in Farmville or whatever the game is and says, do you want 50 free coins in your Farmville account? Download this, you know. XYZ app and then you know they can click and they can download the app and then they go back to Farmville and they have their extra coins now that is a very very cheap way to get downloads and the downloads are complete crap 
mm. because those people aren't actually, you know, it's not targeted. They're Farmville players. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're trying to get more stuff for that. So that it, you can get very cheap installs that way. However, if you want to get legitimate users that have interests in whatever field your app, you know, serves, I think that the Facebook, you know, native mobile, uh, install ads are fantastic. And, you know, I, in my research, I found that you know people are paying an average of two to four dollars for an install. Mm. I so far in my uh, in my experience with this Facebook mobile stuff, I mean, I'm getting installs for clients anywhere from thirty cents to just over just over to a dollar, just over a dollar. So I try and set the expectation to say, like, look, this is different for every audience. I, I can't guarantee you know these install prices, but I think I can get you installs for a dollar and in 100% of the cases, every single app that I've talked to is absolutely stoked and says, if you can get us installs for a dollar, we will be completely thrilled. So, and I think that part of the reason that I'm able to get these installs so cheap is because I've had a lot of uh, practice doing all different types of Facebook ads. And really, I mean, it's the same clients, it's just you're talking, or it's the same uh people seeing your ads, they're just seeing it on iPhone instead of the sidebar in the newsfeed. So what I'll always do, and these are kind of some some tips for anyone that wants to start uh, app installs. Uh, for First, you know, obviously you want to define your demographic, but rather than testing your ad on mobile first, test the exact same creative in the copy as a sidebar and a newsfeed page like ad. Because in general, page likes are just always going to be, it's just going to be cheaper. Mm. Whatever, whatever you're paying for that audience, uh, to acquire page likes, you have to assume that your installs are going to cost more than yeah. that. But I, I always use, and, and so all the time, clients are like, well, I don't care if I have fans. Like, fans don't mean users. I need users. I said, trust me, this is part of the process. Give me two weeks. And I'll test all the creatives, and I'll get everything completely dialed. And then I'll start a another campaign. So basically, to do these ads, you have to have a, you know, a developers.facebook.com account, and you have to have a Facebook app that basically syncs with your iTunes app. Oh, see, I was so, about that. Okay. So anytime that you see an app that has, you know, you can sign up with your Facebook account, that means they already have a Facebook app. That's that's what integrates the two. So whether it's, you know, posting from the iPhone app onto your Facebook page or you're signing up via your Facebook page, that means that they have some kind of, you know, developers.facebook.com account with an app. It's it's not that hard to do. Uh, once you get that, uh, you know, as if you're setting up ads for a client, you need access to that uh, app, to the Facebook app as an admin. Mm -hmm. There's a few little minor details. You need to submit an app details page, uh, which is really simple. It walks you through, you know, all you have to do is provide like screenshots and different logo sizes. Um, but once you get that going, at the top of your developers.facebook.com, you can say promote app. You click on that. Uh, you can go into either the normal ads manager and do it there. I much prefer to use uh, Power Editor just because you know, like the the uh, uh, what is it? Partner categories right. um, have been huge. So, like that's something that I think and a lot of marketers might not know, you know, may or may not know about. But like using partner categories for app install ads has been, you know, phenomenal for so, me. So, and, what, what categories are you using? Well, it totally depends on the client. So, for example. Um, you know, with with the partner categories, there's one. I think it's in uh, Data Logics where you can target uh, fashionistas. Mm -hmm. 
I, based on data logics data, I don't know what qualifies a fashionista. Actually, yeah, but, they, they even they explain it too. They define. It. I remember seeing that one. Yeah. Nice. So, so I have one client that is a, a fashion-related app. It's called Fashion Gauge, nice. and uh, it just launched. And so, one of my targeting groups is that that fashionistas group, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're absolutely crushing it. Like we're we're getting installs for you know fifty sixty cents, and you know I, it, it's got a. I, I hope that it scales. Um, another thing, and, and two, like I, I honestly like. Whatever. I'm, I'm giving out a lot of information here that, that I think that a lot of marketers don't know. So I think yeah. if you guys aren't, if you're listening and don't do this, like seriously, you guys should do this. If you're marketing an app, think about how the app store works with this uh, category placement. First of all, you want to be in the least competitive category as possible, but that's still relevant to your business. Now, when you can get higher up in the app store rankings, you're going to get more organic mm-hmm. installs. So if I have a $3,000 ad budget to spend on mobile ads, for 30 days. I will absolutely not do 100 bucks a day for 30 days. Mm. That's going to be a waste. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do 200 bucks a day for 3 days and I'm going to get a ton of installs. Well, I mean, twice as many as I would get with 100. And I'll basically leverage that because that's how Apple is going to rank the app in the store, in the charts. So, I'm going to get as high as I can up the charts for 3 days, then I'm going to turn the ads off. And I'm going to sit higher up in the charts and my organic installs are going to be higher and I'm going to get free installs for several days as I kind of start to tail off you know, and, and just dive back down to wherever I organically sit without paying for installs. As soon as I kind of level off and, and my ranking goes down and I'm back to like my average daily installs organically, then I'm going to do another ad burst and usually I will double the budget. And so I might do 400 bucks a day for two days and I'll jump up. Um, you know, jump up even higher. And so I'll be testing two things. I'll be testing how many installs do I need to get in order to climb X number of spots. Obviously, as you get closer and closer to the top, it takes more and more installs to get up one more rung of that ladder. Mm -hmm. But by doing it this way, you can figure out what the cost is to get higher ranked in in uh, in that category. You also figure out how many organic installs do I get from being at, you know, position number 50. And you can show scalability with you know your user acquisition costs. So if it's costing you a, a dollar per you know install, and then you double your budget and it still costs a dollar per install, and then you double your budget again, it still costs you a dollar per install. Well, then if you're a startup like a lot of my clients are, and they want to go and raise some money, they can basically take all of that data and say, look, yeah. we got we figured out what our CPI is, and then we did a bigger budget, proved that the CPI remains consistent. Then we did a bigger budget, proved it remains consistent. Now we want to go and get a hundred thousand users. We need your money, right? And and that's you know that that's very good data to have. Yeah. No, I'm really glad you're talking about this. This is a topic that I don't know a whole lot about because I I really have not had to experiment with install ads. And I'm I'm glad you clarified on how you set this up because I have always seen install ads as when I when I hear install ads, I think you're installing a Facebook app, which makes sense. Um, I did not understand the connection, like how it is you're setting up an install ad for something that's on iTunes. <clears throat> so I, I get that partially. You said you need to, you know, create create your app uh, on, on developers.facebook.com or developer. I always forget which one. Yeah, is. yeah, that's right. And, and then uh, you sync that to iTunes. Where where exactly do you do that? So okay. So you know, and I'll pro- reference something that you 
do you have comments? You have Facebook comments on your blog? No. Or you can use, you can use Facebook or Discus or anything like that. So on, on WordPress, WordPress has a plugin that is a Facebook plugin. And you can basically put Facebook comments directly on your blog articles. So that way when someone posts a comment, it goes into their newsfeed to all of their friends saying, John Loomer uh, commented on Blake's blog, blog post and it has the comment itself. Mm-hmm. I like to do that for me and my clients. When you do that, uh, basically when you install the WordPress plugin, then there's a button saying you need a Facebook app right. to make this happen. Click here. You click here. It takes you to the developer's thing. And then basically, you know, you make your app. And this is the exact same thing for an iPhone app. You you check off. It's, it's really simple. How does your app integrate with Facebook? Does Do people log in with Facebook into your app? Do people log into your website, uh, you know, via your app? Do you know there's all there's all kinds of different check marks okay. and then once basically you just check people log into my app, um, then if uh, you know if you're doing the registration then there's then there's some information that you have to put in about you know the app itself whether it's you know the app ID in the app store or kind of the specific details I, I'm not a developer so yeah. some of that is code um, but you know even in the the little bit that I've had to do like there's the help sections surprisingly for this part of Facebook are actually pretty good. Mm. Um, and, and it's really, it's, it's not hard to set up this app. It takes like a, for the commenting one on, on WordPress, it takes like three minutes for an app one. You know, I just did one earlier this week for a client. It took me less than an hour to get it all set up and, and all of kind of, cause a lot of it too, for this Facebook app is, is just having these assets of like, you need a picture, you know, a banner that's 150 by 300. You need a banner that's this. And I don't know. I mean, they basically need uh, uh, graphics more than anything else. Yeah. And then besides that, it's, you know, it's checking boxes and copying and pasting a couple gotcha, of things. Gotcha. And, all makes sense. Um, and it would make it, like you mentioned, partner categories. I would assume especially uh, custom audiences would be a good place to start as well in terms of targeting. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I also look like we talk about uh, getting the likes first. I also see that as, as you said, it's easier to get it. I, I see it as more as just a... Uh, opportunity to to split test it but it's actually they've liked the page so they, they're familiar with who you are now i don't know why some of these people would like the page and not install the app but you can target them as well to install the app which makes, makes yeah sense. yeah and, and often too if i'm doing that like targeting i mean i'll still be trying to capture users at that point it'll just be uh you know they'll be if it's desktop they'll be taken from an ad to a like gate like us, here are the benefits of our company, right. and then they click like, and then it's got another big call to action saying, "Click here to check out our app in the App Store," and then that'll link straight to their app, you know, to the iTunes App Store. Well, you know, I you've written a couple of guest posts for me. I don't have you down again until at least on the schedule. You, you should probably stop by and, and write about this and how this is done if you don't do it for your own site between now and then. Absolutely, man, I'm down. It's it's good stuff. Cool. It's working really well, and the app market is huge right now. So for marketers, it's it's a really good skill to know. Awesome. awesome. Cheers. Well, you had mentioned uh, a side project before. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So uh, I'm one week into my first uh, crowdfunding campaign, and uh, this campaign is on Indiegogo. Uh, the campaign is called Dawn Patrol Truck, and essentially what it is is it's a mobile surf shop slash food truck. So basically, uh, my business partner and I are both uh, avid surfers. We like to surf first thing in the morning, like 6, 7 a.m., right at dawn. Mm-hmm. 
and in the surfing niche, that's called Dawn Patrol. And so when you get to the beach that early in the morning, if you forget something, whether it's wax or a leash or, or any kind of little accessory surfing related, and you don't have it, then you know surf shops just don't open until 10 o'clock, period. And so you're kind of just uh, SOL. Mm. So our idea was originally just to make a mobile surf shop to have those little things. And then we're like, well, if we're going to be there, like we might as well take this food truck idea because food trucks are, are killing it right now. And, uh, you know, let's give these surfers the accessories they need and breakfast burritos and coffee <laughs> and just, just be sitting in the beach parking lot. And it's cool because we only would have, you know, I'm going to be running the truck as well as my partner. And, like, we'll go out there for a couple hours in the morning. We're going to have a Wi-Fi hotspot on board for free for anyone else to use or for me to sit there and, and be on Facebook if I need to. And, uh, and it's exciting. So we decided to uh, do crowdfunding on Indiegogo because we need money to actually buy the truck itself, which, you know, to visualize it, it's going to be kind of like the size of an ice cream truck. It's not going to be huge, mm -hmm. but, um, but it should be cool. And so we're trying to raise $20,000 to buy this truck. Mm. And, uh, we've been going for seven days now and we've raised about 8,400 bucks. So we're, we're 42% funded, uh, in one week and it's a 30 day campaign. Okay. Now, part of that is due to, uh, yeah, well, they have a good social media guy on board. Mm. <laughs> so we, we've done, uh, we did quite a bit of audience building before we even launched. You know, our Facebook page has six thousand fans that are actually surfers that are legit fans, mm. and uh, you know, other other things too. So we did prep it for a few months, and now it's launched and live. And so I'm really excited to test this FBX stuff to say, hey, all these yeah. people that have seen our site yeah. and been engaged in our content, let's get them to actually give us some money. Yeah, a uh, really cool idea. I, I'm no surf. There's, there's not much surfing in Denver. Yeah, but uh, I thought it was a really cool idea. I love that video. It makes me want to order a breakfast burrito right now. But uh, <laughs> so, how, yeah. how, how does someone uh, help you out on Indiegogo? What, what do they do? Yeah, sure. So uh, on Indiegogo, uh, you can just search Dom Patrol Truck. It's uh, three words. Uh, maybe you could put a link if you want in the show notes. It's kind of it's a short link, but it's it's annoying to say, yeah, so gotcha. I'll, we'll, we'll just put it below. But I mean, I guess the biggest thing that I can stress is that like every single donation helps. And what Indiegogo looks at in terms of actually featuring us on the homepage or the newsletter is a combination of things. And one of the things that they value very highly is the total number of backers as opposed to just the total number of money. So if I like, if I'm going to get a hundred bucks, I would much rather have 50 people give me $2 each than one person give me a hundred dollars. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a hundred bucks from one person, but if I had the choice, more backers is better than you know less backers in the same amount of money. Yeah. So if anybody you know listening wants to throw two bucks at the campaign, I would be uh, very stoked. And if anyone that does that launches their own crowdfunding campaign, I gladly return the favor. Um, Last call. Very cool. Very cool. Good luck to you and. Uh, Unfortunately, we're running out of time. I've already asked our bartender for the bill, uh, so we got some work to do, man. It's just it's we're just getting our day started here, finishing up our breakfast burritos and beer, and uh, gotta get to work, right? That's right. Yeah. So, uh, where can people find you? Uh, BlakeJameson.com um, or Facebook.com slash or yeah, Facebook slash BlakeJameson or Twitter. I mean, anywhere. It's the same username everywhere. It's, it's pretty easy. 
Fantastic. Blake Jameson, friend of the show, you'll be back again. Thanks so much for right. uh, enjoying a beer with me, my friend. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot for having me. You bet. Take I'll care. talk to you soon. Man, I love that, dude. Blake Jameson, thanks so much for stopping by. All right, so there, just a little bit of house cleaning. There are a few links that were mentioned. Make sure you check out the show notes. So whether it's on iTunes or whatever, or if you're reading the blog post, I'll list them there. Uh, I'll provide some links to getting those free trials of FBX. Uh, also, the, the link, the the article that Blake mentioned about newsfeed ads, the problem with newsfeed ads. Um, talking about his side project again, I donated to that on Indiegogo today. Uh, you can you can as well. Don Patrol Truck will provide the link for that. And uh, how he can get a hold of him. He, there's actually one thing he didn't mention that he wanted to mention was this template that he created to help uh, you with the 20% rule on Facebook. And I'll give you give you that as well for free. All right, cool enough. Um, once again, thanks to our sponsors, Tab Site. And uh, just as a reminder, you can get a special deal, 33% off for the first year on Tab Site. If you go to tabsite.com slash podcast, use that promo code podcast, show them you appreciate them. All right. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out.